Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Are you tired of being sheep? Well, so is he. Get a friend. Get informed. And get involved. It's We Are Not Cattle Radio. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I am your host, Jake Counts, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia. Sorry a little bit late getting on the air this evening. Had some issues with my good friends over at Firefox. So thanks for joining us. It is the 17th day of October 2013. And I'll be live here for the next 58 minutes. And Obviously, the government shutdown has come to an end. Hooray, we can all breathe a huge sigh of relief. But at what cost did the government shutdown come to an end? Well, as in true political fashion in Washington, a bunch of grandstanding took place, a bunch of um, back and forth, so to speak. But at the end of the day, we still have the exact same thing that we had before the shutdown even began. We have um, Obamacare, which is going to be implemented fully, which is starting to see the ripple effects of that all over the country. And whether you believe in socialized health care or not, it does look like that this thing was rolled out a little bit prematurely, and now it looks to be a, a... for lack of a better term, um, a small disaster. Maybe they can fix it. Maybe they can get things back together, but who knows? So we got that going on. Thank you, Washington, for getting your stuff together. Then we have um, a couple of things that I wanted to get to. The Chinese um, obviously saying that uh, since we raised the debt ceiling that um, everything is now proceeding according to plan for them, and they are um, uh, officially downgrading the U.S. credit. So there you go. And um, let's see, what else? we got a whole bunch of other news to get into. i got some clips from um, BenSwan.com talking about government brainwashing and um, through, um, I guess it was monitoring and controlling your religious beliefs. So once again, as long as the government's watching over us like Big Brother, everything's going to be just fine. And so I do have on the line here with me, I think that this is him. Um, this is Josh Wiley, I think. Josh, is this you, buddy? Uh, how's it going? Am I coming in okay? Yeah, what's going on, man? You uh, Are you down there hanging out with Matt still? Yeah, I'm uh, using his computer and all his gear, so this is a new experience for me. Absolutely. A new experience for me as well, because I'm having to use Internet Exploder instead of Firefox, so... Oh, good and, Lord. Uh, yeah, and as I say that, um, Flash Player just crashed. So won't be able to chat with you guys this evening, but, um, you know, we'll just try to make the best of it. So, um, so Josh, what do you make of the uh, the government shutdown and the grandstanding and all of that? 
Oh, you mean uh, Act Three of the Political Theater that has uh, just wrapped up? I really enjoyed yeah. this season, actually. <laughs> hey, and then we get to repeat it back uh, in February, right? Everybody, just hang on to your britches for a couple more months, and we'll get the same grandstanding and you know infighting back and forth with um, one another to pretend like there's a difference between these two parties. But as um, as I think the American people are starting to see, it's um, it's one ring to rule them all, so to speak, for these guys. Exactly. You'd have to imagine that there will be a, a bit more vitriol, uh, vitriol, excuse me, this next time around, though, with uh, the full implementation of Obamacare uh, coming down the pike at us uh, early in January. So hopefully uh, the American people will be a bit more engaged this next time around. Well, I think what's going to be interesting is to see how how the Democrats will basically shield this thing and and try to make some semblance of reason why my premium for my wife and I just went up $200 as of January 1st and, you know, all of these different things that we're going to have to deal with. So I do have a, uh, I do have a seven-minute clip here um, from Obama talking about why we shouldn't trust the bloggers and stuff. Do you want to listen oh. to that real quick and we can – have you seen this yet? For sure, yeah. I, uh, I read an article about it posted on Zero Hedge earlier today. Uh, okay, well, let's check it out, and then we can uh, we can kind of elaborate on the backside. And I think I think Josh is going to be with us for the first half of the show, guys. And then um, I'm going to break down a little bit of news. And then I have, uh, like I said, I have a Ben Swan clip that I want to play at the end, just because the report's really good and also very crazy at the same time. So, um, Josh, this is a little bit long of a clip, but I might shorten it. It's about seven minutes. So let's uh, let's check it out. I'll, I'll leave well, you last open night so we I can signed comment. legislation to reopen our government. Oh, you and signed the legislation. Bills. Good for you. Hey. Because Democrats and responsible Republicans came together, the first government shutdown in 17 years is now over. The first default in more than 200 years will not happen. These Yet. twin threats to our economy have now been lifted, and I want to thank those Democrats and Republicans for getting together and ultimately getting this job done. Now, there's been a lot of discussion lately of the politics of this shutdown. But let's be clear. Uh, there are no winners here. Anytime he says, let's the last be few weeks have inflicted here. completely unnecessary damage on our economy. We don't know yet the full scope of the damage, but every analyst out there believes it slowed our growth. We know that families have gone without paychecks or services they depend on. We know that potential home buyers have gotten fewer mortgages and small business loans have been put on hold. We know that consumers have cut back on spending and that half of all CEOs say that the shutdown and the threat of shutdown set back their plans to hire over the next six months. Oh, so it's going to be, it's going to we be know that the government the shutdown of default the economy crashes. Of America not paying all the bills that we owe on time, increasing our borrowing banks, costs, to the private which banks. adds to our deficit. And, of course, we know that the American people's frustration with what goes on in this town has never been higher. That's not a surprise. That the American people are completely fed up with Washington. At a moment when our economic recovery demands more jobs, more momentum, we've got yet another self-inflicted crisis that set our economy back. And for what? There was no economic rationale 
for all of this. Hmm. Over the past four years, our economy has been growing, our businesses have been creating jobs, and our deficits have been cut in half. Or you could just freeze it and say that it's not going up. We hear some members who pushed for the shutdown say they were doing it to save the American economy. But nothing uh, has done more to undermine our economy these past three years than the kind of tactics that create these manufactured crises. And you don't have to take my word for it. Good. Thank God. The agency that put America's credit rating on watch the other day explicitly cited all of this, saying that our economy remains more dynamic and resilient than other advanced economies, and that the only thing putting us at risk is, and I'm quoting here, repeated brinksmanship. That's what the credit rating agency said. That wasn't a political statement. That was an analysis of what's hurting our economy by people whose job it is to analyze these things. That also happens to be the view of our diplomats who've been hearing from their counterparts internationally. Some of the same folks who pushed for the shutdown and threatened default claim their actions were needed to get America back on the right track to make sure we're strong. But probably nothing has done more damage mm. to America's credibility in the world, our standing with other countries, than the spectacle that we've seen these past several weeks. So printing money it's into the enemies, enemies, not going to do It's emboldened anything. our competitors, and it's depressed our friends who look to us for steady leadership. Now, the good news is we'll bounce back from this. We always do. Mm -hmm. America is the bedrock of the global economy for a reason. We are the indispensable nation that the rest of the world looks to as the safest and most reliable place to invest. No. Something that's made it easier for generations of Americans to invest in their own futures. Um. We have earned that responsibility over more than two centuries because of the dynamism of our economy and our entrepreneurs and the Federal Reserve, the productivity of our workers, Federal Reserve. but also because we keep our word and we meet our obligations. Mm -hmm. That's <laughs> sure what full faith and credit means. <laughs> full faith and credit. You can count on us. And today I want our people and our businesses and the rest of the world to know that the full faith and credit of the United States remains unquestioned. Hmm. But uh, all my friends in Congress, understand that how business is done in this town has to change. Hmm. Because we've all got a lot of work to do on behalf of the American people, and that includes the hard work of regaining their trust. What's his approval rating Our again? system of self-government doesn't function without it. And now that the government is reopened, and this threat to our economy is removed, all of us need to stop focusing on the lobbyists and the bloggers and the talking heads on radio and the professional activists who profit from conflict and focus what? on what the majority of Americans sent us here You're to do. Here, right, Jake? And that's oh, grow this economy, create good jobs, strengthen the middle class, educate our kids, lay the foundation for broad-based prosperity, and get our fiscal house in order for the long haul.
You say that all the time. This is like every speech. That's why every we're here. Day. That should be our focus. Now that won't be easy. We all know mm -hmm. that we have divided government right now. Politics baby hour. There's a lot of noise yeah. out there. Joke. And the pressure from the extremes uh, affect how a lot of members of Congress see uh, you know, the day-to-day -day work that's supposed to be done here. And, and let's face it, the American people don't see every issue the same way. Oh, there's a... But that doesn't mean we can't make progress. Oh, move and When forward. we disagree, we don't have to suggest that the other side doesn't love this country or believe in free enterprise or all the other rhetoric that seems to get worse every single year. If we disagree on something, we can move I on and focus on the things we agree on. And I'll pass an executive order and everything and get some will be stuff fine. Done. So, Josh, they're going to get some stuff done. Don't you feel so much better now? I mean, I, I wanted to tally all the lies and the, the misspeak, but um, I didn't have a pen with me. I didn't know it was going to – I haven't heard the speech yet. I didn't know it was going to be that laden with just complete propaganda. That was really interesting. Well, we'll we'll have to save that for our uh, decoding propaganda series, won't we? That's jeez. I mean, that's a. Uh, I um actually did a repost, and by the way, everybody, I'm very proud of myself. I actually updated my website tonight a little bit, so go check it out. WeAreNotCattle.net. I've got a better layout, and um, as Josh said, uh, the decoding propaganda. I need to start adding a couple of things to that, but that would be a decent one. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that interview, man? I know I know what mine were, and you could kind of hear mine as he was speaking, but. How, um, I mean, how veiled are all these little threats to the, to the extreme elements of, you know, people that want freedom and prosperity and don't want a central bank basically dictating foreign policy to them? I mean, what do you think? Well, I guess they're finally talking about us. So, uh, you know, any press is good press, I suppose. But I just wanted to ask, Jake, are, are you profiting from conflict as a, as a radio talking head being a fear monger? Is that oh, what you do? absolutely. That's all right. I do. I mean, you're incredibly just, rich, right? <laughs> absolutely. You saw my Mercedes last time you were up here. I mean, no, it's yeah. it, it's I it's, up it's, my bed. Yeah, it's really outlandish to hear. I mean, I understand that he's trying to make a political point and he's trying to appeal to to you know the sixth grade education of most people, and um, you know, and what really scares me, Josh, is that you do have people. I um. I was um I was rudely kicked out of a Facebook forum tonight because I was a capitalist. It was unbelievable. And you had people that there are a lot of people that live in this country that don't understand that that their definition of capitalism is completely skewed and what capitalism truly is is never really well first of all has never really been implemented since the Federal Reserve took over but but these people have no real idea, and they believe that socialism and that, and that big government will, will really do things that capitalism can't do, like clean up the environment. They think if they just pass laws and edicts that these multinational corporations won't find inroads around them. And then when I bring up uh, the Federal Reserve System or the Trans-Pacific Partnership, it's always straw man arguments. So I just had to get that off my chest. That was really bothering me. It just okay. – it, it, it baffles me that people don't – understand the basics of economics they really just don't well yeah and as it should bother you you know like 
so many critics of capitalism, or at least true capitalism, in its not in its modern sense, but uh, what what it was uh, founded to be. Uh, many of its critics, you know, I, I when I engage with these people, I ask them, you know, have you ever read Adam Smith? Have you read Wealth of Nations? Have you read uh, Menger or Mises or Hayek or the 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 evolution of capitalism and all of its different schools? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and and these people are, I, of course, you're speaking to a, a public that's almost functionally functionally illiterate. So uh, of course, they, of course, they haven't. So you know, who's left to define what capitalism means for you if you don't read? Uh, Correct. You know, it's CNN, it's MSNBC, it's uh, the New York Times, and of course, these people try to try to conflate capitalism and corporatism, and and they're very, very mm-hmm. different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and, and that was what I was trying to get across, and I said that you know, I said that I'm a philosophical anarchist, and I said the only way that we could really get to a true free market system is if we ar- ar- arrest the um the war profiteers and the um and and basically the financial terrorists all over the world and then they say well oh you're an anarchist so wouldn't that take state power to go arrest these people i'm like well no not necessarily but uh, i don't physically have the manpower to do it nor the money to do it and i can't indict these people that'll take and they're like see you do need government and it just gets it's talking in circles and not talking about the real issues. The real issues is that you're sold into debt slavery from the time that you're born. Can we not just unite around that? Can we not just unite around the fact that we're selling future, you know, future children down the road to debt slavery? Can we not just start there and and then in fight about, you know, our political ideology after that? I mean, I don't mean to get on a political rant, but I mean it is somewhat of a political show, but. But also we do need to to get past petty differences and understand that the system that we're under now is as um as Glenn said on the show on Tuesday, it's predatory. We've got parasites at the very top that are feeding off the populations. And not just your population, but the population of the entire world, and they're exploiting the entire world. That's not you know, capitalism. I would like to correct you quickly, if you don't mind. Um, no, sure. To call these people parasites or predators would imply that they have a, a useful uh, kind of function in, in the ecosystem, and they mm-hmm. don't. These people are intraspecific kleptoparasites. That's a, a group of people which feed on, on their own population. They feed on other human beings and use them as human resources. And there is no that, – that is not natural anywhere in nature, uh, with the exception of, of humans who, who seem to have kind of normalized this, this, sick, this sick ideal – uh, mm-hmm. and, and it it really is a problem. We need to we need to get past this. But and then your other point about uh, the this argument that you got in with this fellow about um, using state power to to correct uh, state flaws essentially. Uh, well, it's and not I, really a state flaw because the, technically they operate outside the state, but it's the the you can only use a mechanism of the state to bring them to justice. Was my. Exactly. Was my Yes, and, and certainly these people outside of state means use the the gun of the state to their advantage. Uh, and I, I know it's a quote that I've heard you uh, you say multiple times, but uh, it's an Albert Einstein quote: "You cannot solve uh, a problem from the same consciousness which which created it." Uh, so we can't use these these monopolized uh, this monopolized force uh, to end this problem. Uh, it, it will only it will only uh, Cause cause more violence in the end, right? We have to yeah. we have to come come above this level and uh, and and co- find apolitical solutions as opposed to uh, you know engaging in the system is all well and good and if you can use it to your advantage to to gain more freedom and liberty then that's wonderful. But to think that there is going to be a 
a Ron Paul-esque savior, as much as I love the good doctor, um, is kind of naive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and it's something that Glenn and I spoke about on the last episode. And, um, and if you guys haven't heard it or if you haven't had a chance, I understand it's only been a couple of days, but would highly recommend listening to my last podcast if you really want to know outside of my political ideologies what I believe deep in my soul and and what I believe that what is going to be best for humanity is putting aside the petty differences and really uniting and saying that this system that we're under is bad and we have to we have to eliminate the system somehow and then once we figure out a way to to reach the tipping point or to reach the critical mass that we have enough people that understand the system and understand how predatory the system is and then can start to reverse the system, as we reverse and come out of the system, that's where you can have your philosophical debates of how you want to do this. It's kind of like if you want to go down and, um, and, and tear down a, a giant stadium. You're not going to say that, oh, okay, well, we're just, going to put a big, you know, we're just going to put a big nuclear bomb in the middle, and that will tear the stadium down. Well, yeah, it will tear the stadium down, but it will destroy everything outside of it as well. So you have to think of it systematically. How do you systematically bring the stadium down? And that's, I think, where we need to get politically. And first, as you and I talk about a lot, you have to have the conscious awareness of the system being predatory first, and then we can move to the next level. But I think a lot of people get stuck in the fact of they want to be right or they want to win the debate, and they don't, um, they don't see it for the big picture that it really is. Exactly, and uh, I don't know if you shared this story on air, but uh, the last time we met uh, face-to-face, uh, you shared a story with me about a friend of yours who was uh, essentially a revolutionary communist who said essentially the same thing. Uh, that no, he was, you... on the, he was on the show on Tuesday. Yeah, that's oh. what we talked about. Wonderful, yeah, and, and that, that's exactly where we need to get to, you know? Like, uh, there, there are so many people who have so much discontent for what's going on, and, and rightly so, but you know, there's uh, this this divide and conquer methodology is uh, is used so prevalently. You know, if if the if the original genesis, uh, not the co-opted Tea Party, but the 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 genuine Tea Party and mm. the genuine Occupy Wall Street would get together and 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 work with this, you know, this would be over in six months. You know. Yeah. And it's funny, I, I am reaching out to people from Occupy, and I do have those guys on my show. Like, I had Lee Camp on my show. He was big in the Occupy movement, and he, he really made a great video. Say what now? He's a very funny guy, by the way, if, if he people is, don't know at, his work. Yeah, absolutely. He's hilarious. And um, But we really did have a, a serious discussion, and it was funny because he's like, well, I'm a comedian, but I don't sound really funny right now because our interview was, was basically talking about what you, know, you and I are talking about, and that's the involvement of the people has to – he made a video um, – not to not to like swift my train of thought, but it was very good. He made a new video and he posted it, and I'll actually post it on We Are Not Cattle after this, talking about how the people that get fired up about the Second Amendment and only the Second Amendment need to check themselves. He said because typically when people get fired up about the Second Amendment, they get fired up about it about protecting liberty, freedom, and their children and their and and their possessions. And he said, well, guess what? While you were sitting there worried and polishing your guns, they took all of that stuff from you via paper. And that's what we're trying to get across is that all of these things have done, been done via fiat, and they've been done behind closed doors and closed-door meetings with people that don't care about your well-being. They don't care about how, you know, how many points the Falcons scored this weekend. They care about constructing their world government and then carrying out their ideal society – which typically, um, unless you fall into the 99.99%, it doesn't include you. 
and that to me is very scary, but once again, it's more fun to politically infight with somebody over Facebook than to face the reality of the situation, I think. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, being being angry and, and debating people and edifying your own ego is always easier than trying to find a, sort of a middle ground and have a, a constructive conversation about this stuff. But uh, it's wonderful that we have this tool of the Internet with which to engage with people from, from great distances. Um, but mm-hmm. if, we, if we simply use it to, to engage in, in kind of petty infighting, then, then there's no point. We're, we're, we're wasting and squandering this wonderful resource. Uh, we need to have, have more uh, exactly edifying conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, I got one more clip, and I know you, I know you got to run. So this clip's about four minutes. You've already heard it before, but the audience hasn't heard it yet. So if you're listening, um, thank you for listening. Once again, this is the People's Liberty Show. We are about conscious awakening and trying to get other people involved in the process of understanding where we are, how we got here, and how we can reverse all this stuff. But the first thing that has to come is that you have to be aware of the situation that you're in. And once you become aware of the situation, then we can all band together and try to figure out how to war game all this stuff out. But here's the uh, clip from from last week with um, Karen Hudds um, going all the way and talking about how your money gets transferred all around the globe. So enjoy, everybody. The problem is not with the American citizens. They are a wonderful group. Their values are good. It's just that they're not given the tools that they need to have a just society. They're not given the basic information about what is really going on and who's benefiting from the, um, the economies that they're being told. They're being told that they have no money. Uh, they have taken an entire uh, city, Detroit, and declared it bankrupt when what's actually happening is their tax dollars are not even staying in their society. Their tax dollars are going by treaty to the United Kingdom, and then they're being transferred to the Vatican, to the bank of the Vatican. This is not a society that's going to be sustainable on any basis for any reason. Every the American debt like looks chills. like a doomed patient. Is there any other possibility for it than just grow into eternity forever? I mean, raising a debt ceiling once or twice a year, what's the problem? The problem is actually when you talk about debt, that our currency is financed by debt. Our currency is issued by the Federal Reserve instead of the Treasury, which is, it's unconstitutional. When the Federal Reserve system was instituted in 1913, most of the Congress was on break. They sneaked that legislation through. So the debt is there simply for those bankers to put an interest on it and have it grow and compound every year. The debt is a fabrication. It's probably uh, should be repudiated, Wait, but it can't be repudiated on on until you've looked at all of the in- implications. This bitch doesn't even understand what's going on. Do you think it's going to go on and on forever? <laughs> no. What I think is going to happen is that at the upcoming Bretton Woods meetings on October 9th, the countries of the world, the foreign ministers of the world, are going to sit down and have a rational basis for currency rather than this fiat currency, which is absolutely, um, what can I say, it makes no sense to anyone but the bankers that are issuing it. So when you look at the concept of the debt, it's much more than just borrowing money, right? It makes you controllable. For example, in the case of the U.S., who controls it? You mean the big corporations or countries like China and Japan who control large chunks of the debt? Well, that's a very good question, and fortunately, 
uh, some mathematicians at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology have given us a very precise answer. They did a study of who owns and controls the companies on the capital markets, 43,000 companies. And they found out that there's a secret super entity, they call it, that owns 60% of the earnings every year and 40% of the assets. They did this by putting the same people on the boards of these companies. So they have 10 times the economic power that they're entitled to. And they thought no one would catch them at it. This is a huge conglomerate that has been rigging the LIBOR prices. It's been rigging all of the commodities prices. It's been uh, trading in the securities markets with insider information. It has got to be stopped. It also bought up all the media and has been lying to people deliberately. This is going to stop. So just to answer my question, the government is controlled by the conglomerate or the corporations rather than uh, countries that are up and coming economically, right? So why haven't these um, corporations or conglomerate, as you call it, been caught? Why well, is nothing changing? That's the whole point about it. They like to think they're in control, but they're not. They're not above the law. And we citizens know exactly what they're up to. We've been working on this problem. All of the governors of the states have been working on this terrible corruption. So have the attorneys general. So have the sheriffs. And it's not going to continue. The American people are taking back their government, and they're stopping this terrible corruption. Mm-hmm. You know... There you go. So, Josh, I, I know you, I know you got to go, man. Final uh, final thoughts from you on um, on that little clip right there. I mean, she did go all the way, in, in, and in a big way, in uh, in saying that all of this all this money ends up in the hands of the in the Vatican of the Vatican. And I believe mm-hmm. later on, or earlier on in that interview, she she implicates the Jesuits as well, the Army of Jesus. Uh, yeah, and that that's at the very end. Yeah. And anyone out there who thinks this is a, is a crazy conspiracy theory, I would recommend that they go to NBC News, uh, a very mainstream source, and look up uh, some, a series of articles that they did about all of these top Vatican bank managers uh, being resigned or fired uh, amid a massive uh, cash smuggling scandal. So this is, this is mainstream news. This is that, it's simply the tip of the iceberg, but even the tip of the iceberg is very damning. Um, but I just wanted to say that, and um, if, if anyone out there listening would like to, I guess, hear more of, uh, more of my work, I'm a member of the Journalistic Revolution. Uh, we, have a sh- we have shows uh, on Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 to 3, or 11 to 1, excuse me, um, at libertymovementradio.com. Um, so, yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Jake. Absolutely, man, and we are actually live on Liberty Movement Radio right now, I believe. But um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on board, Josh. We'll uh, we'll see you next time around, buddy. Yeah, I'll talk to you later, man. All right, see you, bud. Yep. So it is, like I said, guys, it, it, it's so crazy. But then again, it's not the fact that I'm crazy saying this stuff. It's just the situation is crazy. And just because we're reporting on the situation at hand doesn't make us crazy. It just makes us a little bit outside the norm, I guess. So <clears throat> when, you, when you start to begin to understand how, number one, global finance works, and you understand how all of these interconnecting entities work together, you can really see how it could be possible for a secretive group to basically grab control through assets and and placing minions in certain areas and high finance positions. You guys have heard me before cover 
the um, the EU placing, or excuse me, uh, Goldman Sachs basically placing um, ministers of high finance from their um, from their organization into political positions of power all over the world, and then slowly but surely, all of those. Um, countries start becoming or start coming under um, severe economic challenges. So it's not that we're conspiracy theorists, and it's not that we're trying to to fear monger or anything like that. I'm just trying to give you my perspective of what's going on, and from everything that I guess for everything that I've read and and, and people that have read similar um, similar topics, and I guess have have gone into even more research. Um, the first time I talked to Josh was, um, gosh, it was months ago, and um, he was the first person I've I've heard say that it's you know it goes all the way to the Jesuits, it goes really all the way to the Vatican, it goes to the top, and I didn't I didn't know if I subscribed to that theory or not until I did further research, and then when I saw the Karen and I started seeing the bits and pieces of it, and then when I listened to the Karen Hud's uh, interview. That was um, it was very crystalline for me because how would somebody in the World Bank um, something that's very high up in the in the pyramid of power? If you're looking at it, the, you have the International Bank of Settlements at the very top, the IMF down below that, and then the World Bank there as well. Which I still think that this is still true, but it might not be true. But the U.S. president gets to appoint the head of the World Bank. So if that would give you guys any idea of how big this conglomerate is that's behind the scenes that nobody ever talks about then that would be a a pretty good um a pretty good jumping off point for you to to try to look at how the um the banking structure is set up for um for international commerce and um it's just it's absolutely bizarre it's absolutely bizarre that all this stuff is coming down. And um, here are a couple articles I did want to get into before I play the Ben Swan clip. That'll be the last 10 minutes of the show. Um, this is this is from France 24 International News or the Associated Foreign Press, however you want to look at it. It says, Chinese agency downgrades U.S. credit rating. Once again, because we just said that we're going to keep printing money into oblivion and everybody jumps for joy and then – most of the people that understand how economics work and especially fiat money systems work, when you continue to raise the debt, when you continue to print money in order to pay off debt, it usually turns into something very, very nasty. But I think the hope here is that eventually we'll just have all this digital currency and there will be no more paper currency. So it doesn't matter what the ones and zeros have as long as people all buy into the system being – um, made up out of nothing and everything resolving or you know revolving around banking cards and and things like that, then the system will survive. But me personally, I think that that's a, a gross miscalculation, and I think that you're going to see people moving more towards something tangible because of the way they're seeing their dollar get devalued. And they're not going to understand why you know, the price of milk is slowly going up and the, um, the packaging is slowly getting smaller. They're not going to understand any of that stuff. And once again, if you had a more stable system of distributing currency, then we would probably not be in this position as all the research that I've done from the Federal Reserve and what it's done since its inception. And even if you want to you know, exclude the first 20 years and just say that they were, you know, practicing with fiat money. 
uh, it still didn't control inflation. I mean, everything was worse than when we just had a a pure purely backed gold system. Not that I advocate purely backed gold, but I think that if you had competing currencies in this marketplace, that it would definitely it would definitely weed out the bad currencies. You know, and that's just a, once again a different different philosophy than what we're under currently. So here we go. Chinese agency downgrades U.S. rating. Associated Foreign Press, it says the Chinese rating agency downgraded its U.S. sovereign credit rating on Thursday despite Washington's resolution to, to the debt ceiling gridlock and warned of fundamentals for potential default remained unchanged, which is correct. They're just kicking the can down the road, saying that we'll get to it later, and so we'll have another debt standoff just this is Greece all over again, everybody. I reported on Greece almost two years ago and told you exactly what was going to happen there, and it all happened not because I'm some genius, but I understand how basically economic espionage works, and that's what they're doing. They're financial terrorists. Everybody, get over it. These people do not care about you. They only care about making money. They don't even care about themselves. And it says Dong Dong Gong uh, lowered its rating of the U.S. local and foreign currency rating from an A to an A minus, maintaining a negative outlook. The agency said in a statement, the announcement came after the U.S. Congress passed and Barack Obama signed a bill that extends the nation's borrowing authority and ends the two-week government shutdown. The <coughs> the fundamental situation of the debt growth rate sig- significantly outpaces. Its fiscal income and gross domestic product remains unchanged, is what they said. So basically, we are we are printing more money, we are borrowing more money, but our amount of income. This is just think of this in your simple day-to-day economy, everybody. If you are maxing out your credit cards, then you get a credit limit increase, then you max them out again, and you're not getting any more money. The risk of you defaulting on these things because we're currently only paying interest only on the loan anyway. And that one's been since the 80s under Reagan. Guys, look that quote up where Reagan made a statement back in the 80s that said that um, all of your income tax never goes to pay anything on the principal on the debt that we owe the foreign banks. It is just to pay the interest of the debt of the foreign banks. So continuing, it says um, – Adding to Washington's solvency and vulnerability um, as old debts are still repaid through raising new debts. That's correct. They're just borrowing basically. They're opening new credit cards to pay off the old credit cards with higher credit limits. If, if I can once again put it back in, into, your, um, into your court. Hence, the government is still approaching the verge of, def- of a default crisis, a situation that cannot be substantially availed in the foreseeable future. Dagger is uh, one of the headlines in 2000 or August of 2011 when it lowered its main rating of the U.S. sovereign debt after Congress passed an earlier bill to raise the debt ceiling. I mean, it's... This is just economics 101, everybody. The agency with far less uh, potent and long, um, long-established stability of Western competitors included Moody's, Fitch, Standard & Poor's have been working on to further raise its profile. So basically, once again, Moody's, Fitch, Standard & Poor's, Moody's and Standard & Poor's guys are in bed with the bankers, and they are not going to let the U.S. debt downgrade because they understand how much – how much really rides on our credit rating. And you remember we had talks of a credit rating downgrade. Um, gosh, this was back in, um, I want to say, 2010. And you had like a really big shock to the marketplace. I think it went down like 600 points. And then once again, Americans believe that the stock market is the be-all, end-all of the American economy. 
when really it's just the Fortune 500 and their output and all that stuff. So, and it says China's official news agency um, said on Thursday it will, it will be nine commentary that U.S. politicians held the rest of the world hostage through the crisis, which is um, 100% correct because that's what they do. They get up there and politically grandstand, go out have cocktails. And do all their things and then come back at the last minute, the 11th hour, do something that they could have done right off the jump. But once again, it's anything to gain control, leverage, power, anything to get the attention off of what's really going on and put it onto something that really makes no difference whatsoever. All right, so the next um, article that I did want to get into, and I really wish that I had Robert Wassman on my show tonight from the Journalistic Revolution because this is one of his pet peeves, but it's also becoming a growing trend here in the United States, and it really does need to stop. And that is, once again, I'm going to address the police and, and, and let you guys know, policemen, we are not here to kill you. As as much as you guys would like to fantasize that that every citizen is a terrorist and every citizen is a gang member and they're trying to kill you guys, it is not happening. It is not happening. We can take care of ourselves. If you didn't approach us and act like goons, we would probably be nicer to you. I know that you get the training manuals and say that everybody's a potential terrorist and be, you know, be careful. And I understand you have a dangerous job, but this is what um, this is what happens when people get trigger happy and, and believe that they're above the law. So here's the headline from Business Insider that was posted yesterday, and it says uh, 63 Cleveland police officers suspended after an unarmed couple couple was shot. 137 times. I'm going to read that for you again. 63 police officers suspended after an unarmed couple was shot 137 times. And here's what it says. Of course, they'll probably be suspended with pay, but whatever. Cleveland officials are suspending 63 police officers in roles with the November car chase that ended in, a dead, in, in shooting and the deaths of unarmed man and woman, the Plain Dealer reports. Cleveland Police Chief Michael McGrath said that the officers violated police protocol during the chase, according to the newspaper. And once again, this is another reason I'm a big advocate of, of eliminating these police high-speed chases because typically – they cause either more damage than what than is needed to. You can just track these people down via helicopter or just let them go. I mean, is it really that big of a deal? Are we really willing to list, risk the lives of innocent people, even willing, willing to risk the lives of yourself, officers, to go catch somebody with a dime bag of weed or something like that? Is it really worth it? I don't think so. We just need to use some common sense. It needs to be restored into how the police actually police the streets. Once again, not telling you how to do your job, but you guys know that this is a little bit out of hand. Uh, the Cleveland uh, continuing Cleveland officers' um, offenses, including engaging in a chase without permission, providing false information on police reports, that should be an automatic fire. You should be automatically fired right there. Uh, the officers will be suspended temporarily, and no officers are being suspended for more than 10 days. Oh, well, then that great. So you can go into a police chase without permission. You can falsify the reports. You get suspended for 10 days at the most. This is a joke. This is a joke, and I, I think police officers would agree, especially law by – or excuse me, um, not law enforcement, but um, peace officers would agree with this, that this is, this is uncalled for. Police officials said they have not yet reviewed the 13 officers who were involved in the shooting itself, and that's coming um, in the next and final stage of the investigation. Uh, 
more than 100 officers more than 100 officers had some involvement in the chase Melissa or Melissa Williams of 30 and Timothy Russell 43 were shot about two dozen times in a police car chase that turned deadly they were shot 137 times while the car while in their car and which had sparked which had parked in the middle of a middle school parking lot after the chase police called it a full blown out firefight no officers were injured, and 60 police vehicles pursued the suspect for more than 25 minutes of the chase. Remember, these people were unarmed, but the cops said it was a full-on firefight because I guess they're shooting at each other. I don't know. The chase started when the officers saw the suspects uh, fired, said or thought the suspects fired shots at them near downtown Cleveland Justice Center, and it turned out that they were both unarmed. So there you go. Well, it looks like we got a few minutes left here. I'm going to play the Ben Swan clip, and then I'm going to come in on the um, the last few minutes to give my wrap-up. Thanks for joining the podcast, everybody. Thank you for all the people that listen live and make me a part of your Thursday night. I really do appreciate it. Once again, this this show has been getting off the rails a little bit where I've um, gone a little bit into the political realm, but I do want to get it back to the realm that where it needs to be, and that is we need to unite under our cosmic consciousness and understand that we're all in this together as human beings, as free individuals. We need to come together, reach across the aisle, and really do solve some of the larger problems. Once again, some of the larger problems are our fiat money system that we're in. Um, we have an unbelievable amount of pollution in the entire world. And I'm not talking about carbon taxes. I'm talking about real pollution like like the plastic out um, off the coast of California that's now the size of Texas. If you haven't seen that yet, I would go look at the images. It will astonish you. If that doesn't turn you into an avid recycler, I don't know what will. But um, let's talk about the real issues, people. Get the real issues out to the public, and let's have a debate on it. And not have a political ideology you won, I lost, like we had on Facebook here with a guy that didn't even understand how the monetary system works, but wants to lecture me about how socialism is so much better than communism. Meanwhile, he doesn't even understand the system that he's in and how it was set up to be a eugenics-based operation and to basically exterminate the population. But you know, I know that sounds whacked out and crazy, but once again, guys, I didn't write the policy. I just read the papers. So here's the Ben Swan clip. Enjoy. This Truth in Media episode is sponsored by Blockchain.info and BitcoinStore.com. Is the U.S. government working on a program to, well, program the way you view religion? A whistleblower who has worked on that program says yes, and he wants you to know exactly what has been going on. The first step towards truth is to be informed. If I told you the Defense Department was using taxpayer dollars to learn how to influence people with religious beliefs in order to control those beliefs, would it really surprise you? Would you think I'm a tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theorist? Would you care if I told you the program was aimed at controlling fundamentalist Muslims? How about fundamentalist Christians? Here's the backstory. In 2012, Arizona State University's Center for Strategic Communication, or the CSC, was awarded a $6.1 million research grant by DARPA, or the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. The goal, according to the project's website, on ASU's website, is to study the neurobiology of narrative comprehension, validate narrative theories, and explore the connection between narrative and persuasion. 
A lot of technical talk there, so let's dig into the details. The CSC program is actually about creating narratives using effective communication, largely video, to control the thought process of groups of people, and ultimately to be able to trigger narratives through magnetic stimulation. At its core, the program is focused on how to win the narrative against Muslim extremism. It's a fairly interesting concept. According to documents leaked to us, this project integrates insights from three mutually informing theoretical terrains. In short, the goal of the program is to combat and to change religious narratives because of their role in extremist behavior. The whistleblower who revealed this program to us worked for several years on the program. They asked not to be identified. What were you told about the proposal as, as you began working through it? Yeah, I thought that was benign. They told me it was about trying to figure out what parts of the brain are affected by narrative persuasion, just to figure it out just for academic reasons. So I looked at narrative transportation, which is basically how an individual is transported into a narrative, how they understand it. Kind of like when you read a good book, you get really enthralled with it. At its core, the program attempts to map the brain to determine which portions of the brain allow you to accept a narrative presented to you. It's called narrative theory. Mapping this network will lead to a fuller understanding of the influence narrative has on memory, emotion, theory of mind, identity, and persuasion which in turn influence the decision to engage in political violence or join violent groups or support groups ideologically or financially. You see, the project is focused on the belief that the reason Muslims in the Middle East are swayed to religious violence is not because of the reality of what's going on around them per se, but because they are believing a local or a regional narrative. The local and regional narrative then is that the brain automatically assumes things because of uh, a narrative we've been taught since our childhood? Right. That yeah, that's true. We call those uh, master narratives. So in America, we have this rags to riches master narrative, where if you work really hard, you can become successful and make a ton of money. So in the Middle East, they always use this example of the Pharaoh. That's a master narrative that's in the Quran, where uh, there's this corrupt leader that you know is really bad for society. And they use the example of Sadat. He was assassinated, and when the assassin killed him, he said, I've killed the Pharaoh, I've killed the Pharaoh. So. They assumed that he was relying upon this Islamic master narrative to uh, fuel his actions. So how does the program change this? Again, a lot of technical speak here, so stay with me, but it's broken into three phases. Phase one is to map the narrative comprehension network using a set of stimuli designed from the point of view of two different religious cultures. Phase two will test hypotheses generated in phase one, adding two additional manipulations of narrative, validity, and narrative transportation. And phase three, it investigates possibilities for literally disrupting the activity of the NCN through transcranial magnetic stimulation. Phase three is, is fairly interesting. I noticed in the documentation it says, let's not talk too much about this because who knows if we'll ever get there. But when you do read what phase three is, it is a little surprising. It's called transcranial magnetic stimulation. This is not something that's science fiction. It's not something they've cooked up. This is a, a real technique that's already been used in the past, correct? Yeah, it started out in the psychiatry field where people were depressed, and when you're depressed, certain parts of your brain are not functioning correctly. So they created this technology, which is basically a big magnet, and you put it on the brain, and it turns off that part of the brain that's you know, bad or wrong, and they would help them with the depression for several weeks to a month, and they'd go back and do it again. So this uh, technology has been around for I don't know, 10 or 15 years. So, so it's very high-tech propaganda is what we're talking about. High-tech and validated. 
propaganda, yes. But if they're able to turn off the part of the brain and get rid of, let's say, the master narrative that would make you not believe a particular statement, um, they would have validated uh, this propaganda. So if they turn off portion X, they, they know that the propaganda is going to work and the individual is going to believe whatever is being told to them. So why do all this? Because the project is based on the idea that despite the good work of the U.S. in the Middle East, the message of that work is not being received. Quote, the frequent rejection of U.S. messaging by local populations in the Middle East, despite U.S. insistence on the objective truth of the U.S. message, illustrates the narrative paradigm at work. The well-documented say-do gap, the document says, between U.S. messages and U.S. actions is seen by some as contributing to a lack of narrative validity in stories produced by the U.S. Similarly, stories of U.S. aid, they say, do not ring true in a culture wherein Christian foreigners since the 11th century have been invaders and sought to destroy and rule. So how to fix this? How do you move someone from simply watching a video or seeing a video all the way down that line to behavior. It's a pretty powerful tool if you're able to do that. Right, so um, first thing that maybe an extremist uh, statement you know, or a video like Al-Qaeda puts out will lead to some individuals doing a suicide bombing, for example. So they're trying to you know, look at this video or this statement, take away a part of your brain that will think that it fits in with your cultural or master narrative, and that will hopefully lead you to not do these extremist, these violent acts. So what you need to know is that this program boils down to one central idea. If people aren't reaching the conclusions the U.S. government would like them to reach, there must be a way to force them to accept these narratives. Remember that the claim is that the U.S., despite giving aid, is viewed in the Middle East as invaders. That, according to the program research, is the product of embedded narrative, not a result of action. So, the view of the U.S. as invaders in countries where we have standing armies, dozens of military bases, the U.S. paying off drug lords in Afghanistan or regional warlords in Iraq, or where we consistently bomb via drone strike in Yemen, in Pakistan, and in Somalia, or where we fund dictators until those dictators are overthrown and then attempt to fund the rebels who end up becoming dictators. All of that has nothing to do with the U.S. view of Muslims in the Middle East. Because clearly, they're missing the fact that the U.S. gives aid. The next step, control the narrative, and if necessary, use magnetic stimulation to force people to accept the view of the U.S. that we desire them to have. After all, aren't extremist Muslims dangerous? Extremist Christians? You see, the problem with the question is, who gets to define extremist? Who decides if religious beliefs are inherently dangerous? And if we believe that government should have the power to control how the extremist thinks, wouldn't they have the authority to decide how and what we all think? And that's a reality check. So there it is, everybody. Once again, the government loves you. It's not trying to control your thoughts. Everything's fine. This is not 2013. We still drive. Cars run on diesel fuel. Yes. This is absolutely insane. But once again, just reporting on it doesn't make me insane. So, interesting stuff, everyone. All right, we got um, got about three minutes here. I wonder if I could touch on this briefly, and then we can um, we can end the show. But um, this is from Infowars.com. So once again, take it for what it's worth, and look at them as regular media because they do tell the truth more than anybody. But they will have a slant as well. But um, I happen to agree with a lot of their slant. So anyway. 
It says, uh, updated, Chase Bank limits cash withdrawals and bans international wire transfers. Yes, yeah, so Chase, for those of you that don't know, J.P. Morgan Chase is one of the largest banking industries in the United States. It's probably the largest. Actually, I think it's the largest by a lot. And they're saying now that they're going to put restrictions on um, international transaction as of November 17th, which is interesting because they have the big FEMA blackout drill coming out um, in November. So that should be something to watch. But if capital can't leave the country, ask yourself this question. Why do they care if I transfer money internationally? Now, I remember HSBC had a big whistleblower come out not too long ago and say that they were transferring international funds to terrorists. So maybe, maybe, just maybe, somebody got caught in J.P. Morgan Chase funding the terrorists through some of their networks, and that's why they're shutting it off. But more so is the fact that um, it's just very odd because this is what happened in Cyprus right before they did the quote-unquote bail-ins where they took everybody's bank accounts. If you remember how everything went down, first they, they wouldn't let them do any international transactions because what happened was everybody started buying Bitcoin because they couldn't do international transactions. So they went and they loaded up Bitcoin, and that's when the Bitcoin bubble went, or the um, I guess it went hyper or parabolic, and so it just started going up and up and up. And then the Federal Reserve got word of it, and a couple other banking industries, uh, institutions, excuse me, got wind of it as well. And so they inflated it and then crashed it on purpose because they didn't want there to be a safe haven for these people. Guys, I know this sounds nuts, and I know all this stuff sounds crazy. But once again, don't shoot the messenger. Look into the information for yourself, and you will be astonished at how much you've been misled. Remember Ben Swan in that piece, they talked about the narrative. The life-to-death narrative is that anybody that works hard in America, the overwhelming narrative is that if you work hard, that you will be successful and you will be able to achieve wealth in America. That is the birth-to-death narrative. And what we do need to make the narrative now is that you you can be sold into debt slavery and watch for it. Our founding fathers knew about it. That's why they didn't let the private banks run it. That's why Andrew Jackson fought the private banks so much and the banking cartels. But unfortunately, guys, we were captured in 1913, and now we're in the same system that we fought for so long to get away from. And even though the founding fathers weren't perfect, they were good in the sense that they understood that the only way that you could have any semblance of freedom was to be able to get get out from under the thumbs of the bankers. So that's it for the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Um, Once again, get a friend, get informed, and get involved. Peace, love, and unity, everybody. Let's unite and beat the bankers. Come on.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.